Welcome back to Legally Unfiltered. I'm attorney Richard Sprinkle here with attorney Franz Borghardt. Okay, so you want to go to law school. You've kicked around the idea. You're finishing out your sophomore or junior year in undergrad. And you're thinking to yourself, boy, I'd sure love to be a lawyer and make hundreds of thousands of dollars right out of school. Franz, how many times have you heard this story? Every time a wide-eyed, bushy-tailed youngin comes up to me and says, hey, I think I want to go to law school. I feel like I need to have an intervention. Um, it happens all the time. We have some idealists that want to go to law school. I'm, I'm the other side of the coin, Richard. I'm the guy that wanted to go to law school because it was an avoidance of the real world for three years. But uh, nonetheless, I think law schools out there are doing a disservice to the students uh, before they get in there and while they're in there and not giving them a real view a real worldview on what it is to be a lawyer and what it means to practice afterwards. And that's what we're going to talk about this episode. Uh, the things you need to know before you go to law school. Um, so let's jump on in. First and foremost, let's talk about jobs. Um, it's all rainbows and unicorns when you go to law school. Everybody's going to find a job. There's a job out there waiting for you. But the truth of the matter is, folks, is there's more law students graduating from law school than there are jobs. And to boot, jobs generally first jobs. Now, assuming you don't know someone, assuming you're not related to someone, assuming you don't have a job waiting for you before you even go to law school, most jobs are based on law school grades and your ranking. Now, keep in mind, in line with that, you only get one exam per class per semester. So the only grades you have are from one test that you took and how you did on that. So, not enough jobs out there, both during law school and after law school. This is relevant because if you can't get a job, you can have the best framed law degree sitting in your garage, but it does you no good. And not to dissuade everybody from going to law school, but those of you that don't know me might not realize I have a different perspective on this than Franz. I went to school much later in life. I graduated law school in my 40s. Okay, let me explain to you how this little hierarchy system works in law school. Your first semester grades will dictate what type of job offers you get. That's right, folks. It does not matter what happens down the road. It's your first semester grades. So if you don't ace everything your first semester, if you don't end up in the top 10% of the class at graduation, if you don't end up on law review, if you don't end up winning all the competitions in law school, you're probably not going to walk out with an offer for $180,000 the minute you graduate school. Now, that doesn't say that it, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. It did happen. It happened to a few people that I graduated with, but a few out of a couple hundred at my school, my school alone, that's not very good odds. We're talking about 1% of the graduates that actually get those top, top, top jobs. Am I, am I mistaken here? If you don't do well in law school, you might be able to start a legal podcast, you but, you, but you might not have a job. I think you're spot on. Um, I think the biggest misconception, though, that, that you need to think about before you go to law school is 
what am I going to do with that degree and license? Because we went to law school with engineers, with nurses, with all sorts of professions, and they go to law school in part to make more money salary wise, you know, and we're, and we're taking out those true idealists, those true believers, which we're going to talk about in a second. Those people go to law school because they want to do better than what they are now. You wouldn't go to law school to do just as good financially or or less well or less good. Um, so you need to think about that before you go. Now that brings me to a conversation that Richard and I have talked about before. We, we might view it a little differently, but law is a business and we need to talk about basic economics. Okay. So when you go to law school, you need to think, how much debt am I going to incur? Okay. Am I going to have to take student loans out? How much money am I going to spend in tuition if I don't have to take student loans out? What's the cost of living for three years? What's the cost of me not working for three years full time? That's a big one. All right. So you need to sit down and handle this, at least in my world, in my view, you need to handle this like a business decision. What am I, what am I investing? What's the cost of that investment? And what's my possible return? If you go to law school for three years and incur six figures of debt to go to law school, that's all fine and good. But if in your heart of hearts, you just want to be an indigent defender and you're never going to clear a big salary and you're going to be paying that debt, which is the size of a mortgage note off for the rest of your life, you need to make some tactical decisions about where you're going to go to law school and how you're going to go to law school. Because I tell you now, folks, paying off a mortgaged size student loan debt to go to law school might be for you a poor investment. You need to decide if I don't get that big firm job, where am I going to work? Am I going to have to open up my own law practice? Am I going to get experience in law school, which you probably won't? Am I going to get experience on how to run my own business? Because that has two facets to it, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to learn how to run a business and you have to learn how to practice law. And by the way, going to law school doesn't necessarily ensure that you're going to know how to practice law. So my view is not that the law isn't for idealists, not that there's anything wrong with taking a job, which is not going to assure you oodles and oodles and oodles of money because those are rare jobs anyway. You need to make some decisions based on the brass tacks economics of going to law school. Richard, talk a little bit about what you do and don't learn in law school. Well, what you learn in law school is a general knowledge of legal concepts, basic legal concepts. Uh, Law schools teach you to, well, law schools try to teach you to pass the bar, the bar exam in in yours, whatever state that school is in. Um, Long story short, Learning the fundamentals of the law does not make you a lawyer. Now, it it will. Once you pass the bar, you will be considered a lawyer and you're able to go out and practice and do all of those things. But the funny thing is, they're not going to teach you a lot of the really basic stuff lawyers do on a regular basis. Uh, you, Unless you are in some sort of experiential learning program where you get to shadow real lawyers doing real jobs, uh, things such as that, you're not going to understand how to file motions. You're not going to understand where to file a motion. You're not going to understand uh, things that happen in real estate closing offices. There's a lot of stuff you're not going to learn on the job. It's like learning how to cook learning how a recipe works, but never learning how to work in a kitchen. The truth of the matter is, unlike 
residencies where you go off and learn a profession. You get paid to learn the profession, and we all expect you to learn. Uh, you know, if you're a med student and you're in a residency program, they're going to pay you. You're not going to make a ton of money, but they're going to pay you, and you're going to learn. You're going to learn through interacting with patients. Law school doesn't really have that as an option, folks. Yes, certain law schools around the country have clinical programs, and the clinical programs allows you, under legal exceptions, state by state, to represent people to a certain degree. Um, parole clinics, juvenile clinics, uh, sometimes criminal clinics, those programs are very limited. So there is no, in that three-year program, most instances, there is no opportunity for real-time, real representation of real people with real problems. And that, folks, is another thing I would highly recommend. If you have an opportunity to work in a law office before going to law school, I would highly recommend you doing that. If you're one of those poor souls, and, and look, guys, I grew up with two grandparents that had a law practice um, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I never worked in their office, but I didn't spend nearly enough time to learn what it meant to run a law office Monday through Sunday, seven days a week. You should go out there and get a real job in a real law firm. I don't care if you're a runner. I don't care if you're making copies. You need to see what really happens because in fairness, that gives you a real assessment. And that's maybe the closest thing to a pre-law school residency you might be able to get. Can't get a job in a real law firm? Ask some lawyer you may or may not know too well if you can shadow them. Shadowing is a simple way of just following them around for a couple of days and seeing what they really do day in and day out. You will be shocked to see what lawyers do in the real life practice of law. So, and, and look, Richard and I have talked about this before, a residency requirement, a real life, real world uh, uh, job where you have to represent folks probably a very good thing for law schools. Um, you know, they have to balance that. The unfortunate thing is law schools have to balance rankings. They do things that make them look sexy and appealing around the country. And that doesn't always line up for making good attorneys and good lawyers. Okay, folks, if you've hung in with us this long, that means one of two things. Either you're too hard-headed to listen to the advice we're giving, or you really are dead set on doing this. So if you have made up the choice, if you're an undergraduate, or if you've already finished your undergraduate degree, because you do have to have one of those before law school, and you are insistent upon doing this, here's some tips from me, Richard Sprinkle, that may help. Okay, you're going to have to take and do well on a little hazing ritual called the LSAT test. You have to take it and you better do well on it because your scores on the LSAT dictate uh, what schools you can get into. They dictate what scholarships you're going to be offered. And that those two bits of information may completely decide whether or not law school is for you or not. So sign up for a course. I'm not going to recommend anyone in particular, but find a professional course that trains you to take the LSAT. There's plenty of them out there. Ask around to people that have gone to law school and taken them. Do that, number one. Second, Make great friends with influential professors because you're going to need wonderful letters of reference to get into any quality law schools. Third, when you get to law school, you get accepted to law school. Remember what I said earlier about that first semester. It is a killer. Spend plenty of time talking to your professors to find out what they want on a test because you get one test per class. It's three and a half hours to four hours long. 
They may say it's open book, but believe me, that doesn't matter. You're not even going to have time in three and a half hours to look in your book. Every professor grades differently. Find out what they're looking for. That first semester is a make or break time in law school. Now, if all of this works for you, then by all means, go nuts. The legal profession is it, it, it really is a wonderful profession. You get to do some really amazing things, but it's not for everybody. Last big piece of advice for me is if you don't like to read and you don't like to write, law school is probably not for you. Definitely not for you. And I cannot tell you folks how often people go to law school who don't like to read and don't like to write because the the majority of what we do... Yes, going to court is a very sexy thing. Go, trying jury trials is awesome. It's like what they those TV lawyers do. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But a majority of bum, the... Bum, 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 bum. That's right. That's right. But but a majority of what we do is in the office reading, writing, researching, reading cases, reading law, writing opinions, and articulating our position for our clients. And I got to tell you, folks, if that's not your brand of vodka... Go drink somewhere else. People love ratios, Franz. Give me a ratio. How many hours of prep back in the office or talking to a client or visiting somebody in a really ugly, dark, dimly lit place with, you know, vertical sunlight? How many hours of that do you spend versus hours in the courtroom? I would say the ratio is for everything I stand in a courtroom and do for every conversation I have that, that, that is outside of my office, I probably spend a seven to three or, or, or I would say 70% of what I do is research and writing. And it's, and it's writing either memos to courts, writing memos to files, writing memos and letters to clients, researching legal topics. Um, yeah, you will get to a point when you get a little bit more seasoned and successful that you can hire associates and law clerks to do that kind of stuff for you. But you're still responsible when you sign your name. And folks, that is the majority of practicing law. So listen, I'm not, neither one of us are saying don't go to law school, but there are things you need to, to just consider before you go. The other last thing I want to emphasize to you is this. Let's say you get into three to five law schools. You need to ask the question, why would I go to one over the other? Is one astronomically expensive? And is the value of that expense in terms of reputation and in terms of employment post-degree really that significant to the other four? Because let me tell you, folks, once you get that license, not a lot of folks ask you where you went to law school. And let me say it another way. Only douchey people that practice law are the ones that say, hey, where did you go to law school? Because once you have the license to practice in that state, you have the license to practice in the state, and it's not contingent on where you went to law school. So unless a law school has a specific program that you, let's say you're interested in healthcare law, go to a law school that specializes in healthcare law. That makes sense. But otherwise, don't go to the most expensive law school because like anything in life, you just want to have the most expensive thing under your belt. So my last pieces of advice, Richards are probably better than mine, is number one, number one, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Make sure reading and writing is basically something you enjoy doing a lot of the time for the next three years of your life. And number two, make smart economic decisions. Folks, that's about it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered, where we talked about whether or not you should go to law school and more importantly, what things you need to know if you go to law school. Folks, this is Franz Borkart and Richard Sprinkle. Have a great day. 
The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.